Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook AFL podcast. We're heading into round nine of the AFL season. As always, my name is Eddie Dads, and I'm going to be running you through everything Supercoach related this evening, um, but I can never do it on my own. So proudly brought to you by Pat and George at Mortgage Choice SCW. I've got two of the best in the business to help me talk through Supercoach this evening. The first, he's looking, as always, resplendent in his Collingwood gear. He's fresh off a enormous boys trip to Vegas. He's looking a little tired and sorry for himself. Nico, how are you tonight? Coach of Lossky FC, of course, overall runner-up in 2021. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, I wouldn't call it a boys trip, mate. It was a uh, definitely a family trip. To Vegas, so my sister's wedding, um, none of the shenanigans you would expect from a Vegas trip, but um, look, happy to be home and, and not so happy to come home to a sick child who was waking up every 30 minutes uh, when you're trying to get over a bit of jet lag. Mm. Now the other one's sick, but I'm happy to be home and, and back to my family. Well, it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, yeah, what was the highlight of Vegas? Oh, look, the Grand Canyon is pretty cool. Um, you know, obviously just outside of Vegas, but yeah, I mean, look, it was just fun just walking up and down the strip, to be honest, you know, looking at the, the Bellagio fountains and, and the volcano at the Mirage and all that kind of stuff. It was, um, just a good vibe, good place it's to It's to an be. incredible place. I, I actually almost think it's underrated at this point. Um, I've been there twice and absolutely loved it both times. It's so much fun. You just kind of have to lean into the weirdness, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's just crazy. It's like, I don't know, let your manage, imagination run wild and, and see what you can create and, yeah, it's, it's a it's a yeah crazy place. Everyone's got to get there, I reckon, at least once in your life. Uh, also, me out in the podcast this evening. He's the chief of the SC Playbook AFL crew over at the website. Check it out, scplaybook.com.au. That's the uh, the editor in chief over there. His name is Charlie Dads. He's joining me from what looks like his bedroom at the moment. Charlie, how's footy training tonight? Hey Eddie, hey Nico. Uh, good to be back on the pod. It's been a while, uh, at least a month, I think. But um, good to get the invite. And yeah, footy was good. Making my, or hopefully making my return this week after a couple of weeks out. The with, return. With concussion, yeah, the return of Chief. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking looking forward to it. Very convenient that your return get date seems to coincide with Ladies' Day uh, out at University Oval, Charlie. Interesting one, that one. Yeah, I've uh, I've got the tickets sorted. I think I'm looking at ten plus tickets for for various different ladies. So, oh my lord, um, I'll be I'll be putting on a show. Someone smacking back into line, please. It's terrible. Um, uh, it will be good to see you back out on the footy field anyway. Nico, I wanted to find out, we've, we haven't had you on the podcast for a couple of weeks. You've been recovering from, from your Vegas trip. So where, how's your team been in that span? Um, last time we left you, I think you were in sort of five or 6,000. So where, where, where are we sitting at the moment after a couple of weeks? Yeah, so I've done pretty well. Uh, I, did, I did much better this week than, than last week. I'm actually sitting at 3,984. Beautiful. In my rank. So I had a, a 2419. This week, which got me five out of five league wins, which mm. I'm pretty happy about. Uh, I've got 20 trades left and, and a boost as well. Um, and coming to the buy period, uh, which I, you know, I've traditionally done pretty well in. So hopefully that, that can continue. Exciting times, Nico. Um, the team's in a good spot. Talk me through it. Where, what, are you, what lines are you happy with? Yeah, well, look, it wasn't that long ago that you know we were preaching a bit of patience, and um, I was sitting at like 40,000th and. Yeah, I mean, things turn quickly in this game. I'm pretty happy with my defense. I've got, you know, one spot 
uh, left there to fill um, the forward line, obviously with Jay-Z uh, and Dunkley going going crazy this week. It um, looks good uh, on paper, and I think it's just the midfield where I'm, I'm a little bit short, so I've got a, you know, a defender in there and a forward in there that I just sort of need to work out and, yeah. and try and get some, some good mids in. Sounds like you're in a great spot. Having that one boost left is going to be super handy as well. I know I think a couple of teams are out of them at this point, including our very own SC Bandit, who just boosted his last boost over the weekend. So, yeah, if you do have a couple of boosts left, that's my one saving grace at the at the moment, Nico, with my team. Just another terrible round for me, really. 2,287, um, 34,000 for the round, down to 20K for the season. Uh, yeah, battling, battling, quite frankly. Um, the Ridley to Redmond trade is just looking like an absolute disaster, although Ridley is out now at least, um, which does make it slightly more palatable. Um, but yeah, just horrible. Um, looking at some pretty radical changes this week. I'm, I'm going to get a bit weird with it, I think, um, which we can chat, we can chat through a little later. Not too weird, but just just slightly weird. Not Rory Atkins weird, Nico. Um, <laughs> we will get to him later as well. Lots to talk about on that front. Charlie, how about you? How did your team perform over the weekend? Uh, performed admirably uh, to a degree. Um, I scored a well, I scored two three seven two, um, and that only moved me down. 200 or so rankings to 3,410th. So I think I'm, I'm narrowly just leading the SE Playbook contributors group. But yeah, Nico's pretty hot on my tails. Hot on my tails, sorry. No, no plural. <laughs> <laughs> Your tails, plural. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, yeah, we did things were going to get funky, didn't we? <laughs> Um, before we do get into the real meat of the podcast, by the way, boys, I did just want to get your thoughts on the uh, the Jacob Van Ruyen suspension, uh, which has just been upheld by the AFL Tribunal. He's got two games for, I think what they're calling some sort of strike to the head of, of Charlie Ballard or to the, the shoulder region, depending on what Zaparuta film you're looking at. Nico, I, I get the feeling you're going to have some strong opinions on this one. So what did you make of the, the JVR suspension? Yeah, look, it's got nothing to do with me having him in my super coach team. I just think... It's a football action. The kid was running back with a flight, trying to spoil the footy, and he's made accidental contact to the head of Ballard. And um, Look, I just don't like it. I don't like the way the AFL is headed with these things. I think they're running a bit scared with all these, um, you know, history of concussions popping up to sort of bite them in the butt with um, legal action and that kind of stuff. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It, it just seems like... The game's just getting softer and softer, even though it's becoming sort of faster and faster. It's a, it's a bit, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting stage, I think. Of all people, I, I thought Jonathan Brown potentially had the best take on this when he said that the AFL is being held hostage by the threat of litigation, um, which is why they're, they're making these decisions at the moment. And, and frankly, he's bang on. I don't normally say that about John O'Brown, so kudos to him for yeah, what's a very astute take, I think, on the situation. Charlie, you're also shaking your head at that one. I, I take it you don't agree with the suspension either? Oh, I think I think there's merit in the suspension, but for it to be two weeks, I think is just ridiculous. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of it. I think yeah, he was going back with the flight. He was brave in his action, um, and he just clipped his head in 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 the action of trying to spoil the ball. I think it's pretty soft. Um, and Ballard was fine, wasn't he? I don't think he went off with concussion yeah. protocols. So no, he just, was stretched yeah. off. He went he off. Oh, was he? He's been he's yep. been cleared of any injury there. Oh yeah, he's he, been cleared. So he was stretched off at the time, which I think was uh, yeah, it was a bit of a red flag for for the the, the tribunal and and the match match review panel. Um, yeah, a really interesting one. I don't know what to make of it. I, I, all I know is that that 
that action by um, Van Roen running back with the flight of the ball and spoiling it like that was celebrated for the first um, 120 years of this game. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I thought it was very courageous. Um, now, each week, boys, I give you guys the chance to to give a few guys a rocket or give them a pat on the head, depending on how you're feeling. Um, we've got the SC Playbook Most Valuable Supercoach Player of the Year Awards. And keeping track of these votes each week, we're going to make a note of uh, who everyone's most and least valuable players of the year are. The kind of criteria is completely up to you guys. It doesn't have to be score-based. It can be purely vibes-based um, situation. So I wanted to throw it to you first, Charlie. Do you want to give us your three votes, two votes, and your one vote for the SC Playbook Most Valuable Player of the Year Award? I would love to. I'd love to start with three votes for Big Jay-Z with a 179. Um, mm. And in, on the same day, Errol Golden with a 156. That was just a, a, a weird, weird day, but it, I was I was loving every second of it. And mm-hmm. um, three votes to, to Jacob Hopper. I was very, very close to trading him out. Um, and then Friday rolled around and I was like, oh, you know, he's playing the Eagles. I might just hold him. And he turned up with a 111, which is very handy. I like those votes. I think there's going to be there's a few massive performances performances over the weekend, so a few blokes are going to be a bit stiff here. Nico, what about you? What have you gone with for this award? I've given one vote to Bont for his 164. He's um he's probably been a, a perennial undervoter in this <laughs> in this Big time. Um, Big dunk, time. Dunks back to you know what we want to see from him and his best with a 149 and Jay Z, which um you know. Was already already spoken about huge 179 18 marks and um got me a uh, an impossible draft win as well which i was oh. very happy about uh, a segment we often underrate and uh, on this podcast is the bragging about draft victories nico so i'm glad you addressed that um i did see today that champion data said marcus bontepelli is having the best season by any midfielder since gary Ablett jr um so the fact that this is his first week receiving votes in our most valuable player of the year award is uh, perhaps a bit of an indictment on the award but we, we won't cast judgment on that until the, bar, the end the bar's too high oh, the bar uh, is too high exactly i was um, really... rooting for the brown though as well at the start of the year and i didn't even bloody put a penny on it so. oh nico um well, for my three votes, I'm going to go three for Errol Goulden. Um, it's he's a really interesting one. We he's partly why we picked him was the move to the midfield. We'd seen him attending centre bounces uh, in the preseason and at the end of the last season, but it actually turns out that his best scoring position is as a wingman. Um, who would have thought it? He had zero CBAs on the weekend for that um, score that he put up, which is just amazing. Uh, two votes go to Josh Dunkley for me. He was um, yeah immense on that Friday night game under the dome. Just in, just incredible. Just really really good. He still can't kick the ball. Uh, but geez, he's a good player. Uh, and then my one vote is, uh, again, I think a guy that's been chronically undervoted in, in this year's awards is Harry Sheasel uh, with another 110. Um, just good to see him bounce back after a couple of slightly down weeks by his standards. Um, I think he's basically reaching keeper status, isn't he, Nico? Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. Um, which is quite amazing given um, yeah, he's a first-year player. I don't remember many first years finishing the year as keepers. Uh, Charlie, what about your least valuable players of the year? Um, I'll start with my one vote, uh, and that goes to Will Ashcroft. He, uh, yeah, he's probably put put himself in a position where um, I think many coaches will be looking to trade him out this week as a result of that high break even off the back of a thirty seven. Um, so he gets the one vote. Two votes goes to Mason Redman, who has just been mm, Eddie. I'm, I'm riding him with you, and um, Are you with me. I didn't even realize you kept quiet about that one. Yeah, I oh, I don't know who I I, I got him in. After the GWS game, I think. So for his 72, 89, 51, and 76. Um, I forgot who I traded to get him in, but yeah, that's been terrible. Um, and three votes goes to Lockie Neal. 
against Carlton under the lead at the G, I was expecting big things. I, I popped the, the VC on him, um, and oh, he wow. he rewarded me with a sixty-three. But I'm I'm keeping the faith of him against the Bombers. Um, he's got a sensational yeah. record against them. With he oh, destroys us. Yeah, he one ninety-eight, one seven. So. I'm very excited. Every single time. That last game he had, that 198 was just absurd. I couldn't believe that watching it. Um, mm. Nico, you must be smiling. You traded Lockie Neal, and I remember personally giving you some serious grief about that on the podcast. Uh, you're looking very smug right now. Oh, if it wasn't for that Adelaide round, um, yeah, I'd be a lot more smugger. But, yeah, look, he's dropped close to 100K on his starting price, so... Yeah, look, that that move has worked out well for me. So I'll be looking to get him in, I think, after his buy. Um, and hopefully he can go back to, to somewhere near his best. Um, my uh, least valuable... Uh, I've actually... I'm potting a few young blokes here. Um, it. And it's all around cash gen. So those who brought in Angwin, I've given Angwin, Angwin one vote um, because he dropped a 30. And pretty much um, he's probably going to be a dead rookie for those who brought him in last week. Uh, Fergus Green, if you held on to him a week too long, he's dropped a 17 mm. and has killed all his money. Uh, and I've given three to Will Ashcroft just for teasing us last week with a ton and then and then dropping a 30 the week after. Yeah, it makes him a bit of a problem, doesn't it? It was one of those ones that you were kind of hoping that he could sit there almost to post the buys. But um, yeah, him topping out now is a very unideal outcome. Yeah, I think he could still reach his break even this week against Essendon. Uh, especially at home uh, against the Gabba. So he's got a break-even of 71. So it's not all doom and gloom, but once that 100 drops out of his three-round cycle, that then, yeah, definitely. That's grim grim signs. Uh, my one vote goes to Stephen Cornelio. Um, yeah, can't believe I've been sucked into this again. Um, just I'm a sucker for it. He got me last year, Nico. I, I loved him so much. I knew I shouldn't get him again this year. Um, and, yeah, just not looking like he's going to be that sort of top line forward that, that I think we kind of hoped him hoped he would be, especially with a few other guys getting um, that are looking like they'll get DPP later on. I think he's probably going to finish sort of around that 6 to 10 range in the forwards, which is yeah just annoying, um, just a little bit disappointing. My two votes go to Will Ashcroft as well for the reasons we've outlined, and my three votes is Mason Redmond. Um, I'm just, it's just really hard to watch. It's, yeah, he goes <laughs> doing the, the bullhorn celebration, the red dog celebration um, at me in the camera. Yeah, gee, it's just getting really rough. Uh, he, I think he was, he had zero possessions to quarter time on the weekend. Um, came good somewhat with a 76, but yeah, geez, it's, it's a tough watch. The only, I just don't know what they're going to do with Ridley out, Nico. Can, do you, any ideas with, with Ridley out? Does, does that free him up a little bit? Oh, I don't think so. No, it's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the opposite, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, they might bring um, in another yeah. key. Do they, do they have any uh, keys Zach, waiting? Zach, Zach Ray did a hammy at VFL level, which is a disaster because um, yeah. he's coming back from injuries as well. Um, yeah. We're a little bit stuffed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, guys, you've been listening to me talk a lot about home loans over the last 12 months on the show, and most people are probably thinking they're way off being in that position and that it's irrelevant to them. But the boys at Mortgage Choice SCW can get you a loan for pretty much anything. It doesn't have to be a house. So if Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, or maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade and your boss is too stingy to chip in, Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, there's no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because the $129 fee is waived when you mention SC Playbook. These loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. So after a few years of COVID causing us grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot Pat and George a message on their Instagram handle, at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also check out any of the articles on our website for the for their email, phone contact, or QR code details if that's easier. Boys, as always on the pod, we're going to discuss the big topics in the world of Supercoach. Um, I've got four pretty decent looking topics today that I want to get stuck into. 
The first, I'm not going to bait around the bush because I guarantee this is going to get a little bit fiery. I want to discuss downgrade options. So this is a really interesting week for downgrade options, Nico, because I think there are actually three pretty good pretty good chances that we can we can have a throw out in the in the defense uh, with Josh Weddle. We've got Rory Atkins, and I think Blake Drury is the other one. Let's start off with Josh Weddle before we get to the rat himself. Nico, what did you make? Well, actually, I'll ask Charlie as a Hawthorne fan. What do you make of Weddle's role in the team? Uh, is he going to be decent for a bit of cash gen? Is he going to hang around for a bit? Or is this a, this a one and done, in and out in a couple of weeks sort of situation? No, I think he's got pretty decent job security. A few injuries have popped up, um, like CJ more notably. Um, I think he's got a spot at halfback or, or at least in the defence somewhere. Um, he's not going to be a high scorer. I think he's, he's you know, he does the good things right and the coaches rate him for that. They they clearly rate him off the back of his preseason. Um I think he'll be a bit of a slow burn, but at least he's a he's a green dot on the bench for um, the upcoming buys. And I think CJ is back this week, but I, I still think there's a spot for him in that side. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by him because I think all the word out of Hawthorne has been that he is 100% going to debut this year. It was, it was a potential to be in round one. He's winning all the time trials. Um, he's doing basically everything right. It, it doesn't feel to me like this is one of those, like, oh, I will come in and give you a couple of weeks in the team. This feels to me like... You're going to be in the team long term. We need to play you, Nico. You, you, you're nodding your head at me. I, I take it you feel similarly. Yeah, I, I sort of do. I'm just a bit wary. Like I know he's probably not a key position player because he's so agile and and, and obviously can can run you know, a marathon. So he's almost um, coxish. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's kind of playing that halfback, maybe intercept a little bit here and there. But I mean, he had 12 touches on the weekend at a really good disposal efficiency but that's probably because he only had four kicks so I mean he did take a kick in yeah I don't know 53 I don't see him really getting a lot more than that moving forward I don't know if you agree. I think if you bring him in hoping for him to be sort of your, your, your d6 or your d5 um, you shouldn't be doing that because I don't think he's going to be he doesn't have that that ceiling capability I think at this point though we're just desperate for warm bodies aren't we I mean I, I personally have thrown any thought of decent scoring for my rookies out the window and just want guys that are going to play. So that's all I'm really concerned about. And, and to me, he seems like a, a logical pick. Uh, the next guy that I want to talk about is perhaps not so logical and, and tends to let the super coach world on, on fire whenever it comes up on Twitter and, and on Facebook and whatnot. That's Rory Atkins from the Suns, uh, famously signed a pretty long, pretty large deal at the Gold Coast and has struggled to to crack the team since then. He's a very interesting player. Very, uh, yeah. Where do you sit on the fence, Nico, with, with Atkins? For those who haven't read your your fantastic article on the SC Playbook website today. Yeah, so he actually came out, and I think there was an article on it a few days back where he sort of really struggled with that deal that he signed. I think you know mentally and um, maybe has you know hindered his uh, his on-field performance a little bit. Um, I did throw it out there in our group chat that uh, I was kind of against Charlie's opinion in his article where he said that he's just a flat-out not an option. I think he is an option for certain teams out there. So I'm talking about guys that you know potentially have someone like a Chase Jones or a, or a Max Michelini or a Liam Jones still. I think he could potentially be a good option for these teams to drop down to this 200k player who, if he gets picked, um, you know, he, he could have um, some decent, you know, well, he does have scoring potential, but he, yeah, he could have some decent job security as well coming into a buy period, which we know they've got the best buy along with Geelong. 
I just don't know where the Gold Coast are at if they're going to be playing the Rat. That's my worry with it. Like, where are the Gold Coast as a team? Because playing the Rat is not the team, the the, the move of a team that that is rebuilding and that's near the bottom of the ladder and needs to give games to kids. Um, so I'm curious as to whether, yeah, basically just where he sits in this team, Charlie. Nico, in your article today, he um, he says he you said that Atkins is the guy that has the constable role that we've been hoping Constable would come in and play and, you know, keeps racking up 35 at VFL and, and can't crack the team. But it seems Ratkins has taken that position for the Suns. Charlie, where do you stand on this side of the issue? Is this, you know, at 203K, it's a bit of a risk to take when he's, you know, 70K more than Weddle. Uh, so you're basically forking out 70K to buy him. Where do you stand on the Atkins thing? I was, um, I was initially very against it for multiple reasons, and I still am. But one of the big reasons was his job security, and I just wasn't, wasn't convinced that he could stay in the in the side long term, but then, and I think you know this was only five, you know, early into into the day. But Lockie Weller's knee has been flared up again. Um, it's the same knee that he did an ACL on uh, last year, um, and so I think that gives Rory Atkins just a little bit of breathing space, and you know he might be able to last until the buys at least. I still, I don't know if I would pick him up at that price if he was one fifty k or less. Absolutely, because he's he's got the scoring potential. Um, but at 200K, you want to be locking in someone who, you know, obviously you can field on field, but someone that can stay in the side. Um, this is this is a very, very small positive for him um, with a whole lot of negatives around. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's an option. Well, this is disappointing because I was hoping you two were going to be at each other's throats. So, Charlie, I'm going to have to pick out the slack here and, and push back on this Atkins thing because I watched that Gold Coast Melbourne game on the weekend and he was terrible. He was really, really bad. I'm saying he, I'm saying he is ever- terrible. I'm not on his side. I'm, I'm saying he's terrible. You said he's an option, and I'm going to. I don't think he's an option. I don't, I don't no, think he's, he's not an option. He's, I don't. I don't think he's an option. I think he's an option. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just. I, I can, you know, there's no way you can pick him because yeah. he. He just. He's, there's no way he's going to stay in the team. It's unbelievable. He was terrible last week, but he was all right the week before. Well, I just don't know. I can't figure out if the Gold Coast are bringing him in, where are they at as a club? Because he should not be playing at this point. I, 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 fair play to him. He seems like a lovely guy, but I just... He's yeah. not 33. He's 28. Like, it's not... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, we have to agree to disagree on that one, Nico, because uh, I just can't see it. Um, I'm not bringing him in, for the record. But You just think, think he's a he's a reasonable I, play. There's some certain teams, coaches out there that it just might suit them. Yeah. Yep. And fair play to him. Who, who, uh, would, I who would it suit? I mean, I just I can't I can't see anyone bringing in a two hundred and three k player at this point. When you when you've well, got like Liam before, Jones, if you, if you, when you've got those yeah, guys, you, I think you're just much better off trying to get them up to a, you know a mid pricer or or a premium if you can. Yeah, I mean, go I up, know. don't go down. It's a hard point to go up from the three hundred k. You need a lot of money to go up from that point to get someone decent. So for me, you might need 100K and there's 100K. The last boy that I want to talk about who's also on, not on the bubble this week, he just played his first game on the weekend, is Blake Drury from the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Um, Nico, I didn't get to catch any of the Kangaroos game, but I did say that he scored reasonably well. Um, and from by all accounts, I asked a kangaroo supporter, friend of mine at work today, how did he play? He said he was great, looked really into it. Mm. He's a tough nut. Um, they're going to play more games. Make of that what you will. Um, what do you think of him, Nico? Is it, is it worth going a week early? I don't think so. I don't think it's ever worth really going a week early. Um, I did it last year and got, got found out. I've done it before and been found out. So, look, he had 13 touches, eight kicks, which is good. Went at 62%. So he's got a bit of 
room for improvement in his disposal. Um, so yeah, he scored a 51. I think, I think I'll just be holding off uh, until next week though. I just want to have another look. He only had 70% game time as well, which I think is a positive. They're clearly sort of easing him into to AFL level. Charlie, I know you mentioned in the chat earlier today that you're, you might be compelled to bring in Jury to unlock some of the other moves that you're planning. Are you still leaning down that path? Um, potentially, but I think with the with the money that I get from going um, uh, Van Ruyen to, to Weedle or Weddle, uh, that, that gives me enough money in the bank to get Doherty in. So I don't think... I'll need to do it out of necessity. Um, and yeah, like Nico, I just going a week early on guys just doesn't sit right with me. I'd, I'd much prefer to wait and get the two-week sample size. I think if you're in a position where you can boost this week and you need to go two down to get one up, um, I am. I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile play um, yeah. because I think he's in the team barring injury would be my read on it. Um, so unless he gets injured this week, then I think you're in a decent spot. I think you're just taking him a week earlier than most. So I'm on board with that one. Um, the next topic that I wanted to get to, boys, uh, is, is relevant in the sense that we've been talking about needing money to get up to guys, um, but we're going to try and save you a bit of cash in this segment. We're going to have to take a look at a few of the discounted primos in the mix. Um, we want to we want to do some bargain shopping, basically. So I've allocated you guys a few little players to talk about. Uh, Nico, what have you? Where have you gone for the defensive line? Where do we need to look uh, for guys that might be a little bit discounted and under their price, but still are able to score at a premium rate? Yeah. So Charlie mentioned Doherty, and I think he is a, a proven scorer in the defensive line. Uh, he's got the next six out of seven games in Melbourne, and five of those at the G. So playing uh, predominantly through the midfield or rotating through the midfield, which I don't think necessarily suits him all that well. And, and he's got the round 15 buy. So th- there are a couple of knocks there, but I mean, at just a touch over 500K, he's pretty well priced, I think, to, to bring in. He is exceptionally well priced. Um, I think that one should be on everyone's radar. Charlie, what about you? Where have you gone for this discounted primo segment? Who can you can try and talk, to me, talk me into that might be underpriced? I uh, I really like Lockie Whitfield. Um, he's back to halfback. He's got defender status, um, which was newly updated at around six. Um, and playing at halfback is a position he's averaged 111 back in 2019. I think he's averaged very high 90s in multiple years. Um, and I just think oh, he's such a good kick. The Giants, just they want it in his hands every time they come out of defense. Um, I think he's a, he's, he's a smoky to finish top six. I wouldn't put my house on it. But I reckon he's in that you know six to to eight kind of range, um, mm. and I think if you can't quite get up to a primo, he's a pretty pretty good option. This is the guy that I'm looking at for for Mason Redmond. They're at essentially the same price. Whitfield's had back to back tons. Do I dare do it, Nico? Is that a stupid idea? Oh, I think it's a stupid idea. I reckon you've already been burnt. Just don't get burnt again. Oh, that's so tempting. As Charlie says, he's so good to watch Whitfield. You love him when you have him. You have him because he just looks so clean out there. Yeah, I don't know. Josh Kelly is similar. You know, like I don't know. They look clean. They look good, but then they just drop a shit score every now and then, and, and then get they, injured. Yeah, and they, they get injured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyone else from defence that you think is underpriced, Nico? Oh, maybe Witherden with a three-round average of 95. But, I mean, he's been dropped plenty. He's probably only really getting a, a good go because of the injuries crisis that they're in. Um, and I don't really want West Coast players because they don't get enough of the super coach pie. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 
I guess is an option. The other one I like the, the other one I like the look of Charlie in uh, in Nico's article was James Sicily at 537k. Um, as a Hawthorne fan, what can you make of what he's been able to do so far this year? It's been a little underwhelming, I would say, and he seems to be losing a bit of the kickout duty. Yeah, a little bit, but um, well, he's also on my radar. I was very close to bringing him in last week instead of Jack Steele, and luckily I chose Steele instead. So I think I'll be targeting Sicily for, for after his buy, um, and hopefully by that point he's at least 100k down in price. And for the kick-ins, um, I think he's still taking the the uh, the majority of kick-ins. I think Blake Hardwick was, was taking a fair bit as well, but... Um, the, the Bandit sent through a, a stat from Fantasy Freeco today that I think from, uh, well, it was goals off goals from kick-ins and Sicily's. Scores from, I think it was scores from kick-ins. And Sicily was ranked at like 68% or something. No, yeah, the, yeah he's he, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't think I'm going to touch him personally, um, but I, I don't I don't mind it because he was one of the guys that we thought at the start of the year was going to be one of the uber primos, and he's got that enormous ceiling in him. So I think he's a, a good watch, Nico. You obviously mentioned him in your article. Um, yeah, what do you make of him. Look, just yeah, pop him on your watch list and, and just see if there's a, a positive sort of role change. So at the moment, whatever's happening isn't really working for him, but it, it'll just be a little minor, you know, minor. Um, twist or, or whatever um, in his role to, to, you know, flick the switch and then he becomes a, a 110-plus player again. What do, we, what do you make of the midfielders, Charlie? Who do, who do we like in the midfield that might be a little bit below their, their true value? Well, I mean, Andy Brayshaw, when you when you talk about value, Andy Brayshaw comes to mind pretty immediately. Mm, I um, yeah, I do as well, but I, I just think it's important not to be overawed by his recent score. It was against Hawthorne, the worst team in the comp. Um, he dropped to 149, which is great, but he also kicked two goals in that. And he's probably not going to kick multiple goals every game. Um, so I think it's just important to temper expectations with him. And he plays Sydney. He might cop a tag from them. Um, and then Geelong, which is pretty tough. Uh, and then Melbourne after that. So maybe maybe post-buy, um, I could see myself bring him in. I did see Justin Longmuir on AFL 360 last night saying something, I'm not, I'm not going to quote him verbatim, but something like, it's good to see Andy back to his best after recovering from some sort of knee injury or leg injury that he's had uh, at the start of the season. So to me, that screams a guy that that was just a little underdone heading into the season and has managed to get himself right to this point, which I think makes him extremely attractive because he's uh, he's clearly got all the tools. Nico, um, you are, are you a Brayshaw fan as well? Yeah, look, I don't mind him, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't go right now i'd probably want to see another week um but yeah i he did say himself that um i think the match last week was the first one that he's had pain free so yeah there's definitely room for improvement from from what he started with this season breaking the 54 though so if he does go large again he's going to be pricey um he's at 531k that might get him up to sort of the 580 sort of range which if he goes large uh, could be tough nico who else do you like from the midfield i actually like Callum Mills's uh, role change, recent role change. His CBA have uh, sent a bounce attendances for those who are unaware have increased. So round six, he was at 10%. Round seven was 47. Mm. And the round just gone was 63%. So the role's improving. We know he's got a huge ceiling. He dropped the 200 last year, which you two very well know about. Uh, he's dropped 120K from his starting price this season. So I think he might be the lowest uh, price that he'll be right now, even though he's got about 110 or 114 break-even. And he's got some pretty tasty fixtures coming up. Frio at home, North Melbourne, and then Carlton heading into his 
buy at round 12. Yeah, I think just on Mills, obviously it's great that he's getting CBAs, but I think largely the attraction to him, or at least my attraction to him, was that potential DPP in round 12, that defender status. And I think with his new... Mm. With this new, you know, uptick in CBAs, he's probably not going to meet that threshold anymore. Um, and so, because of that, I don't think he's as much of an option as he probably could have been. I think you'd still pick him as a pure midfielder. Um, that's what we did last year. He was immense um, when he does go in the midfield, which it looks like he's now sort of that role becoming his again. Um, yeah, I think his ceiling is is, is enormous. Um, one guy I didn't want to talk about, Charlie, because he's, he's coming to your team by the sounds of it, Jack Steele. Um, yeah, what what pulled you to steal? Oh, he's just a he's an elite player. Um, to be honest, he didn't quite have the week that I wanted from him last week against North Melbourne, um, scoring just a ninety five. But yeah, earlier earlier on, um, he didn't quite get off to the start that I also wanted because um, I did start <laughs> the season with him. So yeah, I've brought him in again. So did I. Yeah, but like he's a guy that he averaged one hundred twenty six in in twenty twenty one and one hundred twenty three in in twenty twenty. Um, and I think he averaged 110 last year. I think he's just, he's probably, out of all those guys that are down in price or heavily down in price, I think he's the one guy that you can just about lock in for a top eight spot. Wow, that's a huge call. I mean, he's gone, yeah, he's only cracked 100 once this year. I know he's had some injuries, but yeah, 126 against Port against, uh, against Port at Marvel is his only time cracking the ton. And he only had a 95 against a pretty freaking terrible Kangaroos team on the weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm steering clear, yeah. Nico, not for me. Not for me either, mate. There's just, I don't know, there's a little bit too much unknown this year. I mean, he, start of the year, he had to like lose a whole bunch of weight to, to sort of play, you know, the way Ross wanted him to play. And he's come back really quickly from this, you know, shoulder injury. And yeah, I don't know. There's a few warning signs there for me. One guy that I, and spoiler alert, I am going to be bringing this guy in this week, I think, is Darcy Parrish at 567K. Uh, his break-even is now 96. He has only dropped below 100 twice this year. He's gone 108, 110, 108, 117 in his last four. Appears to be about as consistent as they come, but wait for the schedule, Nico. He, in the next six weeks, he plays Richmond, West Coast, North Melbourne, Carlton, and Frio uh, in his next six weeks of footy, which to me just screams cash in. That screams absolute cash to me. So uh, I think I'm bringing in Parrish at the moment. What do you think? I think it's a pretty safe bet. Yep. I think it's a, I think it's a good move. I, I don't think he's, I don't know whether it's disposal efficiency or what it is, but he's not really hitting those same sort of numbers as he was last year. Um, so you're probably looking at about that sort of 100 to 120 range. But, I mean, that's pretty good for the, the midfield crop this year anyway. Yeah, I just need I just need something safe in there, Nico. Um, it's yep. just killing me at the moment on other lines with with guys that aren't that that sort of safe as houses hundred every week, and it does look like touching wood. Darcy Parrish is that guy, um, and as we also mentioned, I think it was uh, it was either you or Bandit that brought up. He's also in a contract year, which uh, we always love contract years for players, uh, especially guys like Darcy Parrish who can rack it up uh, and get a few cheap ones out the back. It's exactly what we want. Uh, what about from the ruck line, Nico? Is there anyone that you think is, is worth taking a look at that might be a little bit undervalued? Yeah, well, it'll be Max Gorn. Um, he's got a break-even of 80. He's, he's down 110K from his starting price. There's a few little concerns for, for right now. So, I mean, neither Darcy or English turned up against the Hawks, and, and Melbourne's got the Hawks this week. Um, so I'd be sort of, I don't know, I'd kind of wait maybe for that forward status um, to come into round 12 before I'd seriously look at him. And he, and he shouldn't be... I know he's dropping a couple of 120s and 130s, but I don't think he should be too much more expensive than what he is right now. 
Question without notice, Nico. Now, I think we probably would take it as, as known that Tim English is, is going to be R1 this year, or at least it look, at least it's looking very like it. Who's R2? Yeah, I don't know. It's probably maybe, would it be Marshall? Maybe. I don't think it's Darcy. Um, his floor's just a little bit too low. Um, yeah, it could be, look, I don't know. On average, it probably could be Wits. I don't know if you're talking about total points, but yeah. because with tough. This couple, yeah, it is tough, and once again, we, we've spoken about it a few times with that ruck roulette last year, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think once I'm at full premium, I might, be, I might start looking at maybe you know moving Darcy to someone a bit better like English. So you're you're going to wait until that point to get English? Do you think? I think so. I think it's a luxury trade. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to prioritise getting my team to to full premium first. I think you're right. I'm, I'm going to play it the same way. Um, yeah, got too many other fires to put out before before putting out the ruck fires at the moment. Uh, what about from the forward lines, Charlie? Is anyone springs to mind for you that they might be a little bit underpriced in the forwards? Um, I think Bailey Smith is pretty underpriced, but I can't really see myself going there just yet. Um, there was a midfield spot available when... Josh Dunkley left, but it doesn't seem like Baz Lanker's, you know, really taken that just yet. Um, he's had a pretty, you know, he's he's tunned up in 50% of his games, um, but that's not quite what you want from a forward primo. You want them to be, you know, getting near the, the 100 mark week in, week out. He averaged 99 last year, and I, oh, I don't know. I do think he can improve on that, but he's just shown his inconsistencies this year. I think the forward line's just just proving really, really hard to to figure out at the moment. And I'm looking through the top ranked forwards for the year for total points. And Jack Siebel's third, Jeremy Cameron's fourth, Charlie Kerno's sixth. Somehow Zach Butters is tenth. Um, yeah, I just don't know what to make of it. Um, it's it's really hard. Nico, can you figure it out for me? Is there anyone else that, that I should be looking at there, or is yeah? Do I need to start looking at like a Cameron or a Siebel as a as a premium upgrade? Yeah, I think there's enough guys like with with DPP. You know, your, your Taranto, Dunkley, Zeebles, Cogs, Sheasel, these guys that you probably don't really have to be taking too much of a risk with like a key position player or something like that. So, I mean, if someone does become, you know, insanely cheap for, for what they're, you know, usually dishing out, then then by all means, maybe we'll jump on it. Like, potentially for me this week, it, it'd be someone like Gordon that I'd be looking at to maybe put into my midfield, but with an eye, in, you know, moving him forward at, at some point. Um yeah, so I just just play the value game, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I, I did that similarly a couple of weeks ago with Cogs bringing him into my midfield. Um, yeah, regrets. <laughs> it's fair <laughs> to say. I, I was just looking through the, the one. The other one that stands out as one of the top forwards this year is Mitch Owens at eleventh for total points. Uh, and I saw Champion Data have him rated as the third, having the be- third best season in the AFL, which is mind blowing. Uh, he's made two hundred and thirty k already. He's up at four hundred and eighty k. Charlie. Uh, is there a point where Mitch Owens becomes a viable premium option, even if he missed the, the cash rise from the rookie? No, I don't think so. I mean, maybe maybe when the Saints get a key forward back and he starts getting some CBAs, but no. Nah, I, I, and I also just can't believe he's the third highest rated player. That's ridiculous. It's, Who, it's incredible. I, I, mean, I assume it's Bont first and then Clary second or... It's Bont, Kerno, Owens, Nick Dacos, Charlie Cameron, Jeremy Cameron, Mason Wood, Tim English, Steel Sidebottom, Christian Petrarca. I, I don't mind the list. I, I actually don't hate it. I think those guys have been exceptional to start this year. Um, and I like that they're trying to take into account sort of different positional stuff as well. Nico, you don't seem to mind it? Yeah, I mean, it looks okay. I, I'd be interested to see how they sort of measure that. Um, but yeah, well, seems all right. 
anyway, it speaks to how good of a season Mitch Owens is having anyway. Uh, third big topic, boys, is that I want to go pod hunting just for a second. Now, we've talked about some of the more obvious options in the book, but I just want to get a bit of a – I want to go a little bit rogue. Nico, I mentioned earlier my team is a little bit stuffed at the moment, and, and I need some I need some sort of spice to, to add to the mix. Um, have you got anything for me in defense? With my Mason Redmond quandary, if I was to trade him to someone, who should I be looking at that maybe might not be on everyone's radar? Yeah, so I kind of like two options here, so I don't know which way Charlie's going to go with this, but I think Will Powell at 1.2% of teams for the Gold Coast, who's um, playing some exceptional footy with a three-round average of 124. He's got the perfect buy, and he's at that 527K range, taking some kick-ins, scoring really, really well. I think he's a good shout as a pod. I love it. He is one that has always passed the eye test for me. He looks fantastic every time. He gets, he's always been a really slight fellow, but as he's putting on a bit more muscle, it looks like he's getting a bit more confident. Um, and I really like the look of, of what he's bringing to Gold Coast, which, again, just confuses me why, why guys like Rory Atkins are getting touches when you've got guys like Will Powell and uh, Bailey Humphrey and, and those guys floating around that could, could really benefit from the footy in their hands, especially Humphrey. You know, mm. give him give him the sheasel roll for a little bit. Put him back there, get him some footy, get him confident. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry to harp on about Atkins again, uh, Nico. You got me going, Charlie. Uh, what's your what's your little pod play for defence? Well, I've I've gone. I mean, I think it's an obvious pick, but I've gone Sam Doherty. Um, he's still only at five point two percent, and at this stage, based off the the Supercoach website, only nine hundred and fifty two coaches have brought him in this week. But mm. yeah, like he was playing through injury in the first month. Um, so obviously his scores were a little bit down, but based off the last two weeks, he looks pretty much like the, the Doherty that we were promised um, at the start of the year. And um, he's playing majority of half back, which I think is is better for him. Mm. Um, I like him as half back a lot more, a lot better than I did through the midfield. Yeah, so yeah, as opposed to getting those CBAs, which he still is. I think he had seven on the weekend, but yeah, if he's playing majority half back, I think that's much better for everyone. CBAs are generally overrated for mine. Um, I don't think uh, I'm going to stop putting so much stock in them because you push like guys like Errol out to a wing and just look how much better he looks when he doesn't have to worry about being around the ball. Um, yeah, he was wing. He was like half back too, though. He was just mopping up a lot off half back. But just the, yeah. the CBAs weren't, aren't as aren't as important as I think we think they are when it comes mm. to guys like Errol. Like he's yeah. actually might be better getting cheaper ball on the outside. Nico, out of interest, what was the other path that you would have gone down for Redmond? Oh, Dan Houston. At 540k, so Ooh, um, I like it. Five round average of 105, and he's only in 0.8 percent of teams. I feel like he's coming into his prime, you know, at, at that 25, 26 years of age, and he's got North Melbourne this week, so he could go massive. Indeed. Well, yeah, the other upgrade that I'm going to make this week, if, if I don't do the Redmond one especially, is is in the midfield. Uh, and at the moment, I'm looking at going at Cade Chandler up to Darcy Parish. Uh, but where else can I look for, for, for pod plays in the midfield, Nico? Like I know Parrish is, is a bit of a pod play, but if I did want to get a little bit weird with it, is there anyone you can suggest for me? Yeah, I know you just said you don't rate CBAs, but Luke Parker uh, at 506K is having 95% CBAs at the moment. So wow. he was the kind of one that we thought would sacrifice his role. So Golden would get CBAs, but now that Golden's completely out, um, he's straight back in there and could start picking again. I mean, he's got a three-round average of 107 and he's only in 0.7% of teams. So that's a huge pod. He also plays North Melbourne Freo. Oh, so he plays Freo this week, North Melbourne next week, Carlton the week after, um, yep. which, yeah, is, is about as friendly as it gets from a from a midfield scoring standpoint at the moment. So, yeah, I don't mind that one at all. Charlie, can you beat that one for me? Yeah, I just think if you're looking for a pod and you're looking for a primo, um, it's got to be Noah Anderson, Rain Man's mm. boy. Um yeah, like it Paying does seem a bit, to Rain Man, Charlie. 
Yeah, it, it seems a bit point chasey, but um, like you can't knock his his last you know month of footy really since Took's gone down with injury. Um, yeah, Noah's taken that role and and he's just run with it. He scored a one forty four two weeks ago and a one eighty nine last week, um, and has a five round average of one hundred and thirty three. So I think he is probably out of the, the you know the real pod options. I think he's the one that stands out the most. Got a great buy too, Nico. Does have a great buy, but I mean, he's at that 600k price range though. So, I mean, he's also got, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Took thing. Like, mm. Tuki's going to come back in. He is the number one midfielder. It's as simple as that. Um, I think that na- naturally demotes Noah slightly. Adam Chera's maybe another one at 1.7% of teams. He's flying. He well. is absolutely flying, and he looks really good. He's been arguably Carlton's best player over the last month or so of footy. Um, they've been terrible, but he's been great. What about uh, – we won't even bother with the rucks. Uh, I'm not going to make you do that. Um, what about in the forward line, boys? Uh, I've got uh, – forward line's actually feeling okay. Uh, still got an upgrade to make there, though. Peddler's going to have to make way at some point. Charlie, where can I look for, for someone that might bring, bring me a bit of value and it is a pot at the same time? Uh, I don't know about value. I mean, I've got here on, on my notes, Zach Butters, um, but he's actually pretty expensive now. He's 540k, um, but like he's been injected into the midfield um, and since then hasn't dropped under 94. So I think, I don't know if you can trust his, his petite frame. Um, he seems mm. to get injured pretty often um, at the slightest of, of things. But um, look, yeah, his, his last month has included a 146 and a 125 so um he looks like he's getting pretty decent midfield minutes that petite frame is is, is literally the only worry for me with butters i was there at the the Croval on the weekend watching port play essendon uh and just every time he goes near a contest you kind of have your heart heart in your mouth you're like he's, he's going too fast and he's too small to be going that fast and yeah it's a bit of a worry to watch live uh he'd be in my all-stars in my all-star team for, for guys you worry about the most getting injured during a game uh he just yeah it, it scares me every time he got he's, he's a fantastic player uh nico where else can i look in the forward line well, I've actually got a couple. I figured you might skip the rucks because uh, you usually do that. I do. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I've got two guys that are actually ruck eligible as well. So mm. uh, one you're going to have to wait for. The other one's Jeremy Finlayson, 499k, three-round average of 110. He's doing a, a bit of ruck work um, with Tickle, uh and, and kicking some goals as well. He's in 0.7% of teams. The other one, you're going to have to wait a week because he's not back. Uh, until round 10, but that's Darcy Cameron from the Pies at 494k, um, and he's got an average of 110, and he's in 3.6% of teams. What's his role going to be when he comes back? The Pies haven't really found anyone that can compete with him for that right position, have they? No, no. I think Cox will still do, you know, 30% of it, uh, but he'll, he'll be the number one ruck. Interesting. And 103, 137, and 89 to start the season for Darcy Cameron. So, yeah, I don't mind that one at all. Anyone else, Nico? Or is that, that about bled you dry? No, no, that's about it. Yep. Love it. Uh, thanks, boys, for all your help. I'm going to gonna have to do some digging uh, between now and Thursday. Uh, now, boys, it's a huge time of the year for, for content on the SC Playbook uh, website, as it always is. And I wanted to, give a bit of, wanted to give a bit of a plug for the SC Playbook subscription package. Uh, for $50, you get full access to the, the everything the site has to offer, which includes extra premium articles every single round, access to our WhatsApp group with weekly Q&As with contributors, uh, as well as access to our major unlimited group prize. Now, I think the, the jewel in that crown, Nico, is the WhatsApp chat where we uh, we get to interact with with members of the SC Playbook community. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, we love helping everyone out with their trades. 
So if you are interested in that, it's $50 for the full package or it's $30 if you just want to uh, go with the AFL package. Uh, yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic thing. I'd recommend everyone checking out the SC Playbook website if you haven't already. Uh, some of the ex- exclusive articles that go up each week are absolutely fantastic. Before we get on to the next segment, Nico, I do just want to give you the chance to, to give a few other plugs to a few pods that you uh, you wanted to have a look at in, in across the board. Go for it. Uh, not so much pods, mate, but I just wanted to touch quickly on sort of some lessons learnt um, from the year to date. So one of them is is obviously don't get too cute or fancy. I know we, we've spoken about getting fancy a little bit in this pod. Um, stick to the basics, be patient, do your one-up, one-downs. Uh, a couple of the other sort of uh, impact on scoring and that kind of thing, I've just noticed a lot of certain players, like the slower mids, are, are handballing a lot more mm. uh, this year, like Laird and Neil, and I think that's hurting their scoring. Oh, I love it. Um, so the pace of the game, just sort of, they're, yeah, I don't know, they just seem to be sort of dishing out out um, with, with the hands a lot more. Um, and the other one is um, just keep back in defenders who play St Kilda because we looked at um, Jay-Z taking 18 marks on the weekend. It's actually been a trend for the whole year, so the defenders... Mm-hmm. Dominates Happened against the Saints. One. That might yeah, change with King. Yeah. That might yeah, change with King coming in potentially, but yeah, it's something I've noticed. Yeah, that Freo game in round one was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? That was the, the mm. Luke Ryan, Burn Cox. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, when they just went bananas. That's interesting. Do we know who comes up against St. Kilda this week? Let me check the schedule. Um, yeah, that could be someone. Adelaide. Adelaide. Awesome. Oh, baby. Awesome. <laughs> And that is exciting. That's very good, Nico. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those good things. You know, we, we talk about it all the time, um, but it's always good to learn things from from Supercoach and actively think about it. So, yeah, given it is two months into the season, it is always good to take a little bit of a step back and think about yeah what sort of stuff that has occurred to us over the course of the year. Charlie, anything that you that stood out stood out for you has stood out for you over the first two months of the year? Uh, not completely, but I think already I've learned um, a lot more off the back of last season um, and stuff that I've done right that, yeah, I didn't necessarily do last year. Like, um, And this probably applies to the Rory Atkins trade, but I brought in Jack Bowie last year and, and that just ruined my ruined my, my, my year pretty much. Um, I traded a mid-pricer for him um, because he was on the up and, yeah, it just didn't work out well. So I've, I've learned my lesson from that um, and that's – particularly why I'm staying clear of, of Rackens. Um, mm. But yeah, apart from that, I, I haven't really learned any lessons in the first nine rounds of this year. What about what's on the agenda for you this week, Nico? What are you doing trades-wise? What are you doing captaincy-wise? Yeah, so I'm, I think I'm going to look at uh, doing either JVR, probably JVR because of the suspension news, but either him or Wilmot down and Ashcroft up just to take another a rookie off my um, field, my starting team. Uh, I think that's a logical move. Uh, and I might just try and save my last boost. I'm not sure I agree with you about uh, a boost being a good idea this round. Uh, VC and C, uh, it almost seems too easy this week. So something's going to probably go wrong. But Oliver VC against the Hawks and Bont C against Carlton. What about what we just discussed about Dawson, Nico? You're not even including him. Yeah, that's because we um, literally just discussed it. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I don't know. Maybe I go VC Oliver into into Dawson. Captain. Oh. I mean, can you skip Bont though? I mean, I, I don't know if you can. Yeah. Can you? Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Um, and Oliver against Hawthorne. Gee, that that's three of the best options we're going to get in a while. Mm. 
Charlie, where, where are you going at the moment for your VC and C? I mean, that's that it's thrown me in a bit of a loop this week. I'll, I'll fairly admit it. I, I don't I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I didn't even know Oliver was playing Hawthorne until you just said it. So that's that's already thrown a spanner in the works for me. Um, I mean, prior to that, I had VC on Errol, um, which I wasn't very convinced about, but he's shown that he's got a ceiling. So I thought I'd throw that out there and then I have the C on, on Bont. But um, yeah, in light of that discovery, might have to be VC on Oliver into Bont C. But then I'm also tempted by Lockie Neal with the Gabber against the Bombers. Um, yeah, it's pretty tough. I think I might just go safe and, and go Clary into Bont. It's hard to know what to do with Errol. I mean, I'd see what you're thinking is there, but he, they come up, he comes up against Frio and they had the Hawks last week and none of the Hawks scored very highly. And I know the Hawks are, are terrible, but yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit hard to know what to make of, of playing Frio means. What about, what are you doing trades-wise, Charlie? Uh, trades, um, I've got locked in, well, not locked in, but at the moment locked in uh, Van Ruyen to Weedle. Uh, and Ashcroft to Doherty. Um, but I'm just having to think now if I could go uh, Van Ruyen to Drury and then maybe get Chandler up to Parrish. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to afford that, but I'll, I'll have a play around after the podcast and yeah. see where that leads me. I'm currently going with uh, Wilmot out to Weedle and Chandler up to Parrish is is what I'm going to go for. And I'm actually quite sad to say goodbye to Cade Chandler, uh, to be honest, Nico. He's, he's been fantastic this season. Um, I, I didn't predict that one coming. Yeah, he's been a really good one uh, for those who, who jumped on him. Unfortunately, it's it's another one that I've missed um, this year. So, yeah, I've been watching on from the sidelines with that one. Mm, spewing. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a tricky one. That one. I, I, again, I think it was, a, it was a panic play for most of us, me included. I don't think anyone thought he was going to be uh, this good, but uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, boys, I wanted to give a bit of a, a shout-out to Better. Um, we are extremely excited that we've now got access to integrating official AFL fantasy markets on Better. Um, we've been doing weekly plays of the week on Better, which has been fantastic. If you do want to check out those, they're all on our website. Um, uh, it's important to remember that you win some, but you lose more for free and confidential support call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Last segment of the podcast, boys, every week we like to put out uh, a listener post, get some Q&As from the listeners out there. We've got a couple of really good ones this week. Uh, the first one is from Twit Chit Flinch. Um, he wants to know, well, they want to know, uh, Clary this week or go Mills and keep pushing the upgrade season. Nick, I've thrown this one to you. What do you think of it? Yeah, I think you need to keep looking for value options rather than going uh, to someone like Oliver at that, you know, 650 plus range. So the reason I think that is just because of the lack of rookies and the lack of cash generation that most teams out there, um, you know, are, are struggling with. So I think Mills is a is a good selection. Um, you've also got Brayshaw, who we've spoken about, is good. Gordon, if you don't have him, is good. Doherty's good. Steele is, is another option, but... Just another another thing is whoever you're bringing in, just just keep in mind the buys are close, so make sure you're not too stacked in in round fifteen in particular. So someone like Doherty might, you know, rule himself out just because of his buy. I'm really struggling with with incorporating the buys in everything that's happening this year, Nico. It's felt so kind of panicked, uh, given the amount of panic trades we've had to make and injuries we've had to had to deal with. So I'm really struggling with that. I'm sure other people are as well. What do you sort of recommend for for keeping that in mind over the next few weeks? Yeah, look, for those of you who, you know, have got Supercoach Plus, I mean, it, it's pretty easy to, to click on the on the show buys and see who you've got playing. Um, otherwise, just, 
you know, jot down in the notes or, or get a spreadsheet happening and just see, you know, who you've got missing in each round and, and just make sure that you're, you're not too stacked. So, I mean, round 12 should be okay, I think, for, for most teams. We've got, you know, Brisbane, St Kilda, Frio. These kind of teams are missing. Uh, round 13, I mean, is going to be fine because it's only Geelong and the Gold Coast. Um, round 14... I'm looking pretty stacked, um, so I think most teams will be all right. I mean, we're talking about Adelaide, Hawthorne, Collingwood, uh, Melbourne missing out here, and, and then round 15, it, that's the big one um, with the Bulldogs, the Giants, Port, Carlton, Richmond, North Melbourne um, missing. So it's looking pretty slim for round 15 uh, at the moment, but I'm going to be obviously trading coming into you know round 12, 13, 14 to help Round 15. Love it. That's uh, great advice for everyone out there struggling to deal with the buyers like I am at the moment. Uh, Charlie, last question. I wanted to give a shout out to the real Duke on Twitter who's asked us uh, He's asked us to decide Ashcroft and, Ashcroft and Chandler to Oliver and Drury or Ashcroft and Mitchell to Gorn and Drury or Cowan and Atkins. Mm. This one's a, Atkins. a bit of a tough one. Yeah, Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on the, on the one hand, you're trading out Chandler, um, who's a pretty safe on-field player to, to Drury, who is not quite nailed on. Uh, but then on the other other side of, of the spectrum, you're trading out Mitchell, who I don't think is quite maxed out in price. Um, got a break even of 24, so he's probably not quite ready to cull just yet. Um, I would probably go with the first one, because I'm also not sure how he'd get Gorn in there. Um, and even if he does, Gorn's no certainty to get forward status. I don't think he's good enough to be a sole ruck uh, or be R1, R2. I'm, I'm firmly on the first option as well. I think yeah, if you've got a chance yeah. to get Oliver, I think you have to do it, Nico. Yeah, yep. Option one, yep, in that yep. case. So, yeah, I think, oh, gee, that gone forward, yeah, that's going to be massive if that happens. It's going to be huge. That's sell the farm mm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, make make room because um, yeah, you, you're going to want him because he's he's clearly he's clearly the number one rock at Melbourne. Absolutely, yeah. and I, I mean for for his reputation, I think he's actually a lot less injury prone than people think he is, or at least has been over the last couple of years. He's been actually pretty durable, uh, particularly by ruckman standard. So I think it's a safe, it's it, it's almost a safe option, um, and I, I really just, like it. Yeah, I just wouldn't be getting too funky with like dropping Darcy down to him expecting forward status like yeah it's just it's too risky for my yeah in my opinion agreed uh that's about all we've got time for this week boys thanks as always for your time coming on the pod um keep keep an eye on the website nico you've got a great piece on there that i mentioned earlier um if anyone wants to go and read that it's a fantastic look at the week ahead charlie you also did the round wrap up um of the most recent round which is also fantastic so yeah thanks to all the contributors at the sc playbook website go and check it out uh, charlie i'll leave you to it nico thanks again for your time we'll speak to you boys soon